Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the football pandemic. We're here in the crazy off season. We haven't been with you for a few weeks, but today we're going to catch up on all that's happened between the last time you saw us and now. Stick around because there's a lot to talk about on the football pandemic. Well, hey guys, welcome back. It's been what, about a month? I don't even know how long it's been. That's what summer does to you during football season when it's just kind of everything's helter-skelter. Uh, we haven't met uh, in a few weeks. There's some some backlog news we're going to hit today. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with our home teams. Uh, we're going to get right into it. It's going to be a good time. Uh, how are you guys today, by the way? Brandon and Josh with us here on the Football Pandemic. How are you guys and where are you guys? Um, I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm still in Lincoln. So he's still in Lincoln, but before this podcast, he said he's ready to get out. All you Lincolnites, uh, yeah, all you Lincolnites, better be nice to him because he's ready to go as soon as as soon as school's over. He said he's heading anywhere but Washington D.C. <laughs> okay, maybe he didn't say well, anywhere. Well, uh, anywhere but Washington D.C. for for a job, like for if I wanted to work for the Commanders, if I'm working for the Ravens or any other sports team in D.C., I'll probably move to maybe to D.C., but not for the Commanders. Bad work <laughs> environment, not something I want to go work for. As I told him, like you want to work for a good organization, go work for the Colts. Mm-hmm. Just tell them this Homer highlight guy, Matthew Thomas, sent you, and they'll be like, Matthew Thomas, are you serious? You're hired. What's your credentials? We don't care. You're hired. <laughs> Uh, where are you at, uh, Brandon Colmark? And I, I'm sitting in the crippling state of Minnesota, just <laughs> south of Minneapolis. I heard that you are welcoming a new Minnesota Vikings fan into this planet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, uh, <laughs> uh, my, my wife and I are up here uh, helping out with our, our nephew a little bit as our niece will be coming into the world here in the next week. The next big Green Bay Packers child, as she will find out come Christmas. <laughs> as she will find out whether she knows it or not, she will be a Packers fan. Well, that's she, exciting. She does, have a, uh, she does have a little onesie with the Packers logo on it, and she's a little cheese curd. That's kind of the, nice. the area they're classified in. So nice. she is a little cheese curd. <laughs> you know, when you started that sentence with, well, my wife and I... I was thinking, wait, is Brandon trying to make some announcement about them? But then you said you're there kind of helping. Uh, and I realized what was going on. So you guys are going to have a new niece here soon. A little be a little cheese yep. curd. You know, uh, I also, aside from my illustrious football career here in broadcasting, I also play uh, D&D sometimes. And I had a friend who, uh, when he had a baby, they got a onesie that said level one human and it had the stats and it had HP one, (laughs) charisma zero, strength zero, (laughs) everything was zero except for their HP, which was one. So I thought that was pretty cute. Uh, The cheese curd, also pretty cute. Uh, I don't know what you would call someone uh, that I gave a little onesie to who was born because we're already the Colts, which is a baby horse. horse I don't know how yeah. you can get more baby than that. <laughs> so I would just give them a, you're a Colt. All yeah, right, guys. I mean, they, they just start at the ground level. They, they <laughs> stay right where you're at their whole life, Matthew. That's right. Uh, they, they've achieved everything they need to achieve by the time they're born. Hey, let's get into some of the stuff that's been going on since the last time, whenever that was. And I'm going to start with the stuff that I know, the stuff that is near and dear to my heart. 
there were a couple signings for the Colts. And uh, the one that happened first was meh. It was some news. The one that happened second was like more news. So let's just let's just talk about those for just a couple minutes before we jump into all of your stuff and the other stuff and everything that's going. We started uh, by signing a running back who at one time was pretty good. He was with the Broncos, I believe, right? Uh, Philip Lindsay. Uh, he hasn't been with them in a while. He hasn't been as good as he was uh, when he was with them. I don't know what the story is, except for uh, we lost Marlon Mack, who was our, our third back. And we know that Naheem Himes uh, has been uh, lining up as a receiver in the slot a lot during practice. I don't know if you guys knew that. I knew that. Uh, he's he's doing a lot of uh, slot, re- slot receiver lineups. And so I think he's going to be used. I think uh, one of you posted the little thing where Frank Reich says, if I was doing fantasy football, I'd be getting Naheem yeah. Hines this year. And I don't know if that's because he's going to take over the running back position so much as he's going to be doing uh, a hybrid thing, maybe like a Samuel Debo sort of thing, uh, where he's some running back, some slot receiver, some you can't tell until the play starts. Uh, we may see. Uh, but they're pretty high on him. And my... my uh, my uh, thought what I've heard is that last year they wanted to get him the ball a lot more and they made that a point in the offseason and then Carson just never got it to him and they didn't like that maybe that was the whole reason or at least a part of the reason they got rid of Commander Carson sent him over to Washington uh, but we got uh, we got Philip Lindsay there who is going to be a backup my guess is to Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Taylor's still going to carry the bulk of everything but if he gets hurt you want to have somebody who's done it before and I'm guessing that's what Philip Lindsay is we had a second signing though one that a lot of people rumored might happen I mentioned it really not sure it would and then wouldn't you know it did come to fruition good old Nick Foles is back with Frank Reich. Uh, This is Frank Reich's second Philadelphia quarterback he brought in. Hopefully this one ends up better. Uh, This one looks to be a straight backup. Again, these are just a couple backup signings because we've got Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan is looking good in OTAs. He's looking uh, super uh, on target and accurate. Uh, Everybody is just a fountain of positivity, which... You always are in off season, but uh, Matt Ryan's looking good. Uh, but if he would get hurt, who's behind him? It was just Sam Ellinger, and um, they wanted to have somebody maybe with a little more experience. And so Nick Foles is in the building as a Colt. Never thought that would have happened, to be honest. Uh, but the nice thing is, we didn't trade for him. We didn't pay a big uh, ten million dollar salary. I don't even know what we did pay him, to be honest. But we didn't trade the Bears for him. We waited for them to release him, and we signed him. Do either one of you know the details of that deal? I mean, if anybody should, I should, but I don't. No, but I'll look it up. But um, what you're saying is we waited until we had to release him. That's something Washington should have done with Carson Wentz. So we knew it was going to happen, but we just jumped on because Russell Wilson was gone and um, the other one. It might have been Watson. I don't know if he traded or we traded after, but basically the quarterbacks we were looking at were gone, so we just kind of had to – we needed something, and I guess we kind of jumped too early. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just kind of uh, do a little sidestep segue off of that. We're not gonna go completely away from the Colts and Nick Foles yet. Uh, but you said you should have two years. How much? Two years, six million. Six. Okay, so that's better than one year, ten not, million. Not bad. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah, good. Not, about not about three million a year. We can handle that as a backup. Uh, but I think one year we actually paid. 
Jacoby Brissett, 21 million to be our backup. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, you said uh, you should have done that with Carson Wentz, but you got excited. Now, maybe somehow in the building, the, the Washington Commanders thought that there was another team that might trade for him uh, and they, they didn't want to like wait and just in case. But uh, you said we missed out on Russell Wilson. We missed out on Deshaun Watson. Boy, that might be the best thing that's happened to you all offseason, right. missing out. Thing, yeah. Probably. But the, the Russell Wilson thing, I'm kind of still annoyed with it because Russell Wilson, he's proven himself. Carson Wentz has too, but people always dog on, dog on Wentz. People know on Russell Wilson. But I, I'm upset because of the whole thing. We offered something better than the Broncos offered, but they just didn't want to offer. They just didn't want to trade within the NFC, which is – it's all right, you know. It's, they're we're a competitor basically for the Super Bowl, and I think something else was I can't remember what it was, but I think either Russell Wilson didn't want to go to Washington because he had the trace clause, so he that was already out, and he wanted to, he was fine with going to Denver, or he was fine with going to Bolton, but they just didn't. Seattle just didn't want to trade him because of the in division or in conference thing. So mm-hmm. I'm still upset about it, but we got our guy, and I'm not a coach, so I don't know what's going. No, no, you know this player, you know what I mean, but. We'll see how it works. We'll see how it works. So that's some of the Colts news that's been going on. I know there's probably some stuff going on with your teams as well. Uh, Do you guys want to get into any of that before we hit like just the kind of list of stuff that's happened since last we met? Besides the whole schedule releasing, which we'll get into in a minute, I really don't uh, have anything besides the the ongoing um, ever so, you know, dispersed out randomly uh, stuff that uh, Dan Snyder has been getting himself into which I really don't pay attention to anymore because nothing's going to happen with it. Like they, it's always, you know, be like, this happened, this happened, this happened, but he's never going to get pushed out of ownership. I don't think. So it's just like, I really can't care less anymore. Yeah. It's pretty tough. We did have one ownership change. We'll talk yeah. about that shortly yeah. here. Maybe after we talk about the green Bay Packers a little bit, what's going on with them, Brandon? Well, we, we had a very interesting uh, press conference during OTAs yesterday with uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Have you guys heard of him? I've heard of yes. him. I did not hear about this press conference. Tell me what was so interesting. There was a, a question asked on Aaron. How do you how do you see your future in Green Bay? And it, we we know you know Aaron technically has a three year contract with Green Bay, but we really know those are just three one year contracts. You know, mm-hmm. Aaron can just retire at any point and leave when he feels like it, and then it'll be Jordan Love season. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> But but someone had asked yesterday, Aaron, where do you, where do you see yourself in terms of this organization? And Aaron said, I'm definitely going to retire a Green Bay Packer. Retire a Packer. Now, does that mean he'll go somewhere else and then sign with the Packers for one day and retire? Or does that mean he's going to play until he retires, even if that's just one year, and then he's done? I, I, I think that's uh, probably the end of this this next upcoming season. Uh, at the end of this so. year, if especially if if he wins a Super Bowl, that that's been his dream for so long is to win and retire. I still think Green Bay is a good place for him to be. Uh, we've done a lot of work to make his job easier, so he doesn't have to put up ten thousand points, you know, in a playoff game and with that defense and what what he's been building so far, reportedly so far with uh, Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs at 
at practice has been some pretty pretty positive things. Aaron said he's he's like the two guys they brought in. He really likes Sammy Watkins being out there and kind of mentoring guys alongside with Randall Cobb. Uh, we we do have an issue. Alan Lazard has not shown up to anything uh, in the midst of contract negotiations. I'm I'm still a huge Lazard person. Uh, he also makes you know peanuts leftover peanuts from the peanuts gallery mm-hmm. as far as NFL receivers go. So I, I, I don't fully blame him there for, for fighting for some money, having a larger role in this offense. You know, that's, it's very justified. Green Bay has the money and they're working on, on settling a thing. Lazard still ends up a Packer, uh, come, come preseason, uh, is my prediction there. Yeah. He was the pretty much Going the only receiver left after all of the people began exiting Oh yeah, so we lost MVS, um, mm-hmm. which some people might not know who he is. Some people might know who he is, and another guy that no one ever heard of, in Devonte Adams. He also who? got traded to the Raiders. Never yeah, heard of see? him. <laughs> and uh, and and so that left Lazard. I, I mean, outside of Randall Cobb in this in this Packers Matt Lafleur offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Randall Cobb, longtime Packer. Never played with Matt Lafleur until this past season. That left Alan Lazard as the most senior receiver under the the Fleur era in Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, and so, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful something will be worked out. And uh, we have a new new section that we're going to finish with uh, at the end of this podcast called We Know Where They Came From, But Where Did They Go? Ah. Uh, we have a list of notable NFL free agents, and we'll kind of target where we think where we think they might end up if with one of our homer teams. If not, I know there's been uh, one guy on that list that's been linked with Indy and also with Green Bay, uh, and we'll we'll see what happens with him. But uh, that's what's going on in Green Bay, so we can go to move on to our not so breaking news. Uh, before we do, uh, you you brought up a few things that I didn't think about when I was talking about Indy. Uh, one notable thing, uh, one of our Pro Bowl defenders, Kenny Moore the second, is also kind of sitting out things with contract negotiations on the table. Uh, he still has he still has several years left on his contract, but he's paid a very little, and he he wants to be paid more in line with uh, what he's been doing. I don't know if that'll happen or not. It doesn't seem like there's animosity between him and the team. It just seems like a business thing. He was actually in for physical stuff the other day. Uh, he's been kind of on the sidelines but not participating, so... Uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, but more concerning, Darius Leonard, our one of our other Pro Bowl defenders, uh, is having a procedure done on his back. Uh, actually just had it done a couple days ago, uh, which means he won't be in any of the off-season stuff. Uh, but they hope he's ready to go by regular season. So uh, that's a little concerning because he, he is a spark plug on our defense. Uh, he is always in the vicinity of the ball. And uh, he's been a good player. I hope that, you know, he's had an ankle thing he's been dealing with. And then this back thing, I hope that he ends up getting healthy. And this is not something that um, makes him kind of irrelevant. Uh, so we got a couple of those things kind of going on with uh, training camp. Most, most camps have somebody who's not participating for one reason or another. Uh, those are kind of the two biggest for us right now. But Matt Ryan uh, and the receivers, I will say this, uh, you know, Alan Zard, you said he's um, he's wanting to get money like, hey, I'm a real receiver here. Uh, I was the one and uh, not everybody knew him or talked about him a lot uh, on the Indianapolis Colts. Michael Pittman Jr. has been 
kind of constantly maligned as not really a number one wide receiver. Uh, you see all over the place. Oh, Indy, you know, they looking really good, but they, you know, they don't really have a number one. Uh, they have a number two. Michael Pittman's a good number two. Well, he's come out and said that he is going to play this year and show everybody that he is a true number one. Uh, so I'm hoping those comments get under his saddle uh, like a burr and cause him to do some stuff he wouldn't normally do. And uh, Alec Pierce, our number one overall, has been looking really good in practice too. They're all tall. We got uh, Mo Ali Cox, who's been looking good and could have a huge year in Matt Ryan, who likes his tight ends. Uh, and we got Jelani Woods, who's also huge, uh, almost a clone of, of Mo Ali Cox, uh, except more athletic and faster. Uh, boy, it'd, it'd be neat to see some of them. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about some of those uh, uh, free agents down there at the bottom. See, see what we think about those in a moment. But let's hit some of the the not so breaking news. Oh, we got another actually. Yeah. So we were talking about our teams. Um, Marie, I forgot recently. Um, so as much as Dan Snyder's public enemy, number one in Washington and, and some other places too. Right now, I believe that uh, Jack Rio, our defensive coordinator is public enemy number two in the eyes of very little people outside of, you know, Washington, but a lot of people inside Washington he's public enemy or two. So as you all know, the, um, not trying to be political, but as the um, we all know the what I call the I guess the capital rights in January last year, whatever happened, and so I guess the hearing was a couple of days ago, and Jack Rio commented on something on Twitter. He said, "Love to hold, love to, would love to understand the whole story about the summer of riots, looting, burning, and the destruction of personal property. How that's never discussed, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And then some guy commented, "Black people begging agents of the state to stop executing them. White men trying to overthrow the results of a democratic election and violating assaulting, violently assaulting cops. Same thing, according to Dan Snyder's defensive coordinator. So, every, so everybody hates Dick Jack over here right now. Um, it's just all going downhill. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those things that like." Uh, I know people have different different thoughts here and there, but the truth is, if you're in any sort of position, why do you even comment? Yeah. Why do you say anything? I, yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. There's a whole freedom of speech thing, but at some point, with it, when you're in a certain position, head coach, owner, general manager, whatever, what you know what I mean, a higher position, you don't really have that freedom of speech anymore. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to protect who you are, I guess, and the, the organization you're you know, you're working for. Rather than, you know, my freedom of speech is my freedom of speech. Think twice before you, you talk, I guess. Yeah. I, I want to add uh, one thing to uh, a rival of Matthews with the Tennessee Titans. They, they they drafted this this receiver, you know, very, very uh, sought-after guy named Traylon Burks, mm-hmm. who uh, very similar to A.J. Brown, very similar build. When he showed up to to camp, uh, reportedly he was very, very overweight for his receiver class, and did one drill and then had to sit out the rest of the time. And we have not seen him since. So good news for uh, Indy and and one of their opponents just got a bit easier. They got rid of AJ Brown, drafted his replacement, and now his replacement is not not producing what he needs to be producing. And if I'm if I'm correct, I think this is the guy that they said might have they found out might have asthma. Is that right? Does anybody remember reading uh, that? I didn't I didn't hear about that, but I didn't hear about possible. that. Yeah, so maybe that's why the the heat and the everything got to him, but yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. I tell you what, uh, anything to make the Tennessee Titans less good, I'm good with that. You know, they got rid of uh they got rid of AJ Brown, they got rid of uh 
well, I don't know if they got rid of anybody else, but the things just don't look as strong there. Uh, in the offseason, well, we've counted. I tried to count them out last year when uh, they didn't have Henry, but they kept winning. So I'm not going to go too hard on this until they actually start losing some, but I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that. Well, hey, let's look at some of this. Uh, let's skip the schedule release because we're going to look at that schedule in a little more depth. But we have some stuff that's happened in the league uh, in no particular order because this is several weeks worth of stuff. But uh, we did have a uh, an NFL football player, Jeff Gladney, who passed away in a car accident. Him and his wife, I believe, both passed away in that that accident. And that's been something tough for the Arizona Cardinals uh, as they're dealing with that. Uh, Jerry Judy, um, he was cleared of charges, right? Charges were dismissed on... Uh, I can't even remember what it was that he was facing charges for. Like a battery misdemeanor, something like that. I can't remember. It was something a misdemeanor. So he's back at practice and everything is good. Is that right? Yeah, he should be back at practice, but everything is good. Uh, We also have some Browns news, right? The Browns re-signed Jadavian Clowney. They got him back. Um, (laughs) And we know they extended David Njoku uh, on a huge deal, right? They made him a pretty high-paid player. What we don't know yet is what the heck is going on with their quarterback situation. They still have Baker Mayfield on the roster. His wife said he's doing okay, but I have a feeling Baker Mayfield hates the Browns right now. Doesn't want anything to do with the Browns. Oh, yeah. They can't find a trade partner. They're, I think, waiting for somebody to get injured, uh, for some team to mm-hmm. need a quarterback, and then they're going to hopefully pedal uh, Baker Mayfield, but at the same time, they don't know what in the heck's going on with Deshaun Watson, and it's looking more and more like he's going to be facing some big trouble. Who knows what that trouble will look like? It seems like more people come out of the woodwork every day to uh, file another suit against him. So he's got these 22. Maybe it's 24 that are all civil suits now. I, I think I think yeah. the, the the part where he can be found guilty or not guilty has passed. Okay, because I think in a civil suit, it's not about guilty or not guilty. It's just like, can they get money from him? And that's what's going to come out of this. Uh, But through through crazy stuff that his lawyer's saying and just like the the 24 hour news cycle where everybody's commenting on everything. It seems like public opinion on Deshaun Watson is if it can do it anymore, is turning further and further south. (laughs) It's it's just going sour on him. You think that would have already happened like a year and a half from these allegations happening that people would have already been like Deshaun Watson. No way. Uh, But there was several teams in on that. Uh, and uh, now that he's there and he's been paid $230 million guaranteed, things are starting to look worse and everybody's starting yeah. to be more upset about the situation. And so it's going to be interesting to see what the Browns do. What do you think? The, the Browns are such a, a good team everywhere else except the mm-hmm. quarterback. What do you think is going to happen there? Yeah. Right now, um, you're talking about Mayfield. I was going to add on that. Um, they've mutually decided that Mayfield is not – going to participate in mandatory OTAs. So I guess they've, they're at least in agreement somewhere. But um, <laughs> They've got some agreement the, that we're not working together. The funny, yeah, <laughs> the funny thing is about Watson you're talking about is the fact, of course, all these lawsuits are coming out, but the funny thing is in the fact that the Texans allowed this. They Watson literally asked, it was released a couple of days ago, Watson literally asked the Texans, hey, can I have a private hotel room and a massager, a massage, uh, masseuse, yeah, a masseuse to come and massage me. And the spa owner and the Texans agreed with it, leading to all this stuff happening. That's just that's just so stupid on both sides' parts, honestly. All three parts, technically. 
Yeah, I saw a headline. Will Deshaun Watson take down the Browns and the Texans? <laughs> Very well. What's going to happen, though? You know what's going to happen is Watson's going to get suspended, I don't know, four games, let's say, maybe six. But let's say he gets suspended for the whole year. That puts Mayfield back into position. He leads them to the playoffs. Championship game, he loses. Let's say he loses the championship or the visual game. Everybody has faith in Mayfield going out, and the, and everybody everybody's on board with Mayfield, and they just traded the whole ship, the whole future for Watson, and he's not even going to be wanted anymore. I think Brandon has some thoughts on this. Brandon, weigh in here. Yeah, my my thoughts are is I I don't think we see Deshaun Watson step on the field again, ever. The, the, really, ever. ever. I I I think it gets to a point where we I, we might see him be signed with teams, but I I don't think he gets much farther than that. Uh, and I think the Browns are in a very bad position moving forward. Mm-hmm. Depending on how they can finagle all this money that they guaranteed to Sean Watson, uh, it, it's going to be real well, sketchy a, to pay, pay all of that money to a guy that's not there. And there was a clause in, the, in their contract at some point where it's like, if he's if he's suspended, then all of this money is voided or something like that. Really? Like right when they signed him? Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it now because I remember when he signed, there was something about that. Oh, see, um, I thought there was like no void, even even knowing suspension could be coming, that it was fully guaranteed. That was the last I heard. So I haven't looked at it too closely because it's not my team. And I'm just like, well, they, they got their uh, boatload of trouble. But uh, my yeah. understanding yeah. was, oh, what do you got there, Josh? There's, I, don't, I haven't really fully found it, but there's a report saying, like, I just look up Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson contract board. And first thing that came out was news stories that, Deshaun Watson's 24th loss, lawsuit could account for uh, the Browns fully putting their guaranteed money towards them, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that would be the only good thing that could happen to them. Now, will it? Well, yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Well, it, it could be true what Brandon said. We could have seen him on the field for the last time because once public opinion turns to a certain degree, I, which I thought it could have already been there, but uh, it's even turning more. Uh, teams, mm-hmm. teams are hesitant. Brandon? Yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to another quarterback that's been working on getting back on the field uh, for some time now. A guy that looked really impressive in his workout he had with the, not the Oakland, but the Las Vegas Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. Uh, maybe maybe he's wanting to throw the ball to Devontae Adams. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but he did definitely work out with the Raiders. We had Colin Kaepernick was back. Uh, I, I don't foresee him being signed as a starter. Uh, with, I don't either. With the contract money they just gave uh, Derek Carr. Uh, but... Bring bring him in as a backup and just give him give him the opportunities and maybe you sign him and trade him to another team that might be quarterback needy come week seven when their when their quarterback is injured. Uh, but he he did have a did have a good workout. He has not officially been offered anything, uh, but people were impressed hmm. during that workout. Who is the 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 Raiders backup quarterback right now? Is that still Nick Mullins? Mariota. Marcus. Oh, he's on the Falcons. Um, yeah, he's Falcons. I can't remember. For some reason, I was thinking Nick Mullins was the guy. Yeah, that, that's San Francisco. That's San Francisco. Yeah. Right. right. He's still there. I don't even know if he's still there, honestly. Um, it is quarterback. Uh, it is Nick Mullins. Hey. Oh. 
His Score. nickname was Jet Stidham's. One of those two. Score one for Matthew. So that's that's who they got. Maybe they think, okay, Collins better than this guy. Uh, we'll see. Um, it seems like he's. It's been a long time since he's played. But you know, you can get out there and you can athletically show you've got something. Now, what does that mean for in-game decision making and like thought process? Who knows. We'll see. It's the same. It's the same sort of thing we're looking at with Deshaun Watson. If he doesn't play this year, I mean, think of how long it'll be since he's actually been in-game experience throwing. It's pretty yeah. crazy. And you got to remember that when he last played, Deshaun Watson, when he last played, he won four games in the season. <laughs> now, granted, really? he had a much much worse team than he has with the Browns, but. Yeah, we'll see where that all goes. So, yeah, we got Colin Kaepernick trying to make a comeback, trying to get back into the NFL. That's one of those big storylines that we're going to keep watching this offseason, see if anything happens. It seems like every time his name is mentioned, it's a big news headline. So we'll see where that goes. What, what, I, what I think would be the best move for any organization to take right now to really bolster their roster is for the Detroit Lions to sign him. And here, here's why. I'm not 100% sold on Jared Goff being the guy for the next five to 10 years. I'm also not 100% sold on Colin Kaepernick being that guy, but I do know that this next draft, the lions are going to be looking for a quarterback. Mm -hmm. So you get your guy that you can have for the next, let's say four years. And this season have Kaepernick and Jared Goff duel it out to see which guy who, or who's going to be that guy. And between the two of them, you're going to find a killer quarterback. The rest of the team is starting to shape up. And then you got your your guy that you have right there on the bench that you're, the coaches are working with and getting him NFL ready. And then throw him in when you feel he's ready. Ditch whichever guy you have, Goff or Kaepernick, and go with your new young guy. And you're set up really well. If I'm an NFL GM, that's what I'm looking at the most. Hmm. Yeah, but, you know, if you get one of those guys and they play decent but not great and you don't know if they're your guy for four or five years, but you've also pulled yourself out of the running for any of the good quarterbacks in the draft, is that a good plan? Of course, nobody wants to lose mm -hmm. to get a good quarterback in the draft. But, you know, if the Lions, if anybody was going to do it, I'd like to see the Lions get a good quarterback oh, yeah. <laughs> after one year instead of having just another mediocre guy because I think Goff is kind of a mediocre guy. Colin Kaepernick, to me, and this is just know. my untrained eye, but the last seasons I saw him playing, he's a very mediocre Terrible. quarterback. He wasn't yeah. great. And he's lost Even if he's lost years on that like running thing that he did. He's older. That gets harder every year. 34. So like even if he signed, he's retiring, I'd say, within the next three to four years. He's 34, turning 35 this year. And like you were saying, I just think he's a mediocre guy. Like maybe he could be put in there like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type of guy, but like he doesn't have the running abilities he had. Like, of course, but, you know, he could just be serviceable backup if, you know, all right, you're out. Jared Goff, you're out. You're playing bad. We'll put him in and see what he can do. And then if he tanks the season, like, you know, or whatever, then we get our guy next year. But if not, I just, I just don't see him being a, a potential starter at all. You mentioned another big point. We had an icon of the National Football League retire this offseason. One Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, the guy with the beard and the hairy chest and the, the nice uh, 
outfits he would wear to different <laughs> press conferences. He's retired. He's done. You know, he's been that guy who always gets brought in to be like the starter and then gets replaced by somebody else year after year after year. What do you guys think about the loss of, of Ryan Fitzpatrick? Have we lost something uh, crucial to the league this year? I don't think we lost him. I, he's that type of guy. He's going to come back. He's going to come not, not come back. He's going to Brett Favre it. He's going to come back in the booth. We're going to see him every single Sunday in the booth right next to somebody, somebody else. He's going to oh. be calling plays. He's, you know, he's analyzing plays and stuff. That's what he's going to be doing. We're never going to lose Brian Patrick. He was a Harvard guy, so he's got the intelligence for it. I, yeah. I've never, I mean, I, I've only watched a few of his press conferences, but they were entertaining. So I could see him in the booth. I could see that. I hadn't thought of that. I've always, now. I've always been a big Fitzpatrick guy. You know, he, he was always the guy that was brought in to be, you know, the, the starter on a team and always ended up being the backup. And Josh McCown was always the guy that was brought in to be a backup mm-hmm. and between the Sorry. two of them. They've played for like 90% of NFL teams. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, I think Fitzpatrick alone might've played for 90, 90% of the NFL teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like 10. He, he's played for 10. I think Josh McCown played for 12. Oh, well, he had more, I guess. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, but jo- I mean, Josh McCown saw the field like for 400 snaps over yeah. over 12 teams. And Fitzpatrick, I think he was at like 39,000 yards, a uh, couple hundred touchdowns, yeah. 250 touchdowns, something like that. Uh, he, he put together a nice career. And uh, I, I hope we see him, see him somewhere now with uh, – all the broadcasting being shifted around. It, it, it'll be a lot of fun to have him there. And I, I know he's always, he's always been on par is, uh, is he the smartest guy in the NFL? Well, probably he went to Harvard. He graduated from Harvard and he had to get into that school. He, he wow. probably is. I, I still say, about, uh, still say Andrew Luck might've been there with him. Yeah. I looked up because yeah. I was interested in this whole thing again, but Fitzpatrick played for nine teams and McCown Played for 10, not counting practice squad or, you know, offseason stuff. Uh, okay, okay. So a lot of teams there. There might have yeah, been some overlap. But <laughs> one, I mean, considering um, McCown started the year, the, the, uh, the Texans started, he's played for like almost one third of the teams technically because he started the same year they started. Boy, what an auspicious start. <laughs> start the same year as the Texans. You know, uh, I, I hope that uh, Miami just goes down in flames, that Tua ends up not being the guy. And they always look back and said, man, we should have stuck with Fitzpatrick longer. But now he's possibly retiring. You know who's not retiring? Aaron Donald. He's not only not retiring, he's coming back to Buku Bucks, the most bucks that somebody who's not a quarterback has ever made, right? He, uh, he came back and got a uh, $40 million for so, one year? Yeah, on top of his contract. $40 million on top of his contract. So I'll pay raise. I don't, know what his, I, don't, I don't know what his contract is right now, but it's insane. Well, here's something for, good. Here's something for Josh to look up really quick. Before yeah. Aaron Donald got this contract, what was the position that was previously highest paid outside highest of quarterback? Previous? I, I, I'm interested. I, I feel like it would be an offensive lineman. Probably offensive lineman. Or a, um, or a receiver these days. Yeah, I feel like it had to be a receiver. You know, a skill a position. Receiver, yeah. Um, Matt Ryan. Khalil Mack has 141, actually. Well, what, what, was the yearly, what was the yearly breakdown? Okay. Um, Khalil Mack. Hopefully I can just click on this link and it'll bring me to it. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, no, it won't. Because is that defensive front considered the uh, financially the most valuable position behind quarterback? 
Um, it was Khalil Mack, and then it was um, Devonta Adams this year, one $1 million less at 140. Yeah, well, I know Devonta pulls in like 31 million a year. So his contract Vegas um, and didn't Hill and Hill signed Khalil for Mack. more than him, right? Tyreek Hill signed for oh, more we, than Devontae yeah, Adams. No, I think it was less. Yeah, but the Man. the trade value that the Chiefs got was more than Green Bay got for Adams. But Adams had a bigger contract. I than see. Tyreek Hill I see. When you with, go strictly uh, pay stuff, okay, okay. Yeah. So for the McClellan Mack contract, it was um, seven million the first year base salary. Base salary seven million. Next year it's two point three million. Next year it's thirteen three million, and the next after that is two million, and then four million, seventeen million, and seventeen million. He's created in twenty twenty five. Here's what I can tell you: those the year to year things are all over the place. Sometimes they look more inflated than they are, depending on like what's guaranteed, what's not. But what we do know happened in the NFL this off season. That was a lot of money, and it's not inflated or manipulated in any way. It was just straight-up money. Walmart went out and decided to make a purchase for a few bucks of their own to buy one Broncos football team. And I don't even remember who was the family that had that before. I should know this. Oh, this one's I know, I can't know what you're talking about because I remember all I can think of right now is the one they when they won that first Super Bowl. And he's holding the trophy. He's like, this one's for John. It's like in 90s. I just can't think of this. It's Pat something. Yeah. And then John Elway did it again when they won with Peyton Manning. He's like, this one's for Pat. And yeah. it was like a, ver- a reverse thing. I just can't think of his last name. But it's, it was Pat something. It's skipping my mind. But anyway, uh, now it belongs to Walmart. Um, and uh, they're going it. to be the, you know, I think they made that the, the most, the highest paid money for a team ever. So does that mean that now the Dallas Cowboys are not, uh, you know, the highest, uh, I guess, grossing and what you paid for it is a different thing. Mm 4.65 billion though. That's, that's a little cash. There's no, uh, no way to deny that. And they got themselves probably like like last in the race of putting all our money together and buying the Broncos. If we ever thought about it, we would last. Um, yeah, Uh, we put all our money together. I think it would take us, Probably 4.65 billion years to get that money (laughs) Uh, with at least the money I have left over after every paycheck. I I do know that when I bought my NFL team, uh, it did not cost anywhere close to four and a half billion dollars. So I felt like I got a good value for the Green Bay Packers. You You got tremendous value. It was amazing. Yeah. So uh, what else we have going on in the NFL that was exciting? Um, we yeah, had some... Yeah, one more Packers thing. Yeah, what's that? We, uh, we now have the highest paid corner That's in the right. NFL. That's right. Jair Alexander got a four-year, $84 million deal. Well-deserved. You, I mean, you were high on him. You always talk great he, about him. And you know what? The, 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 the rest of the owners of the Green Bay Packers must have thought the yeah. same thing. To, to me, there's only... Three extremely elite corners in this league. Jair Alexander, Jalen Ramsey, and Xavier Howard. And everyone else might be close, but between the three of those guys, uh, I mean, they're stopping everyone, and it's not even close. And for Jair to be not even fitting the bill of a cornerback, I mean, he's 5'10". He's my height. And yeah, that's uh, crazy. taking down dudes that are a foot taller than him. Well, yeah. Like up to six ten. <laughs> that is crazy. And not allowing him to catch balls and and reads 
reads offensives beautifully. Uh, w- very well deserved for Jair. Very well deserved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's always good to see a cornerback, somebody who's not necessarily the tallest guy, but stops everything. Uh, I always enjoy seeing that. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got that. We got some inner inner division stuff, right? The Giants cut James Bradbury, and then the Eagles sign James Bradbury. The Eagles feel like they're signing so many people this off season. It just feels like on paper. Now remember, Eagles were the team that on paper looked like they had what was called the dream team one year, and it I just was say that. Yeah. did nothing. Ten years ago, <laughs> yeah. did nothing. So, you know, just because everything looks great doesn't mean it is great. But they've been they've been making a lot of moves this offseason. And yeah. I, it'll be exciting to watch how they fare in that division. It'll be interesting to see which of those teams rise. I think Giants are still going to be on the bottom. Um, and I think it's going to be possibly Eagles or Cowboys on the top. I'm not sure mm-hmm. yet what Carson's going to do. Carson's the wild card. There in I'm not sure about Carson, and I'm not sure about hey, it Hurts yet. So it's like you're right; it's either Eagles or if Hurts plays well, I feel like it's Eagles. If Dak, you know, Cowboys can improve, you know, it's the Cowboys. You know, it's always hard to decide with that division. Like every other division, except maybe AFC West now, but before last year, before this year, every division had a clear-cut winner. It was the Bills. It was actually the Bengals one. So not the NFC North this last year either, but it was the Bills. It was the Titans, and it was the Chiefs and then it was the Packers it was the Bucks and it was the Rams and AFC or NFC East is always that one division where like no we, we don't know yeah your your division's always a toss-up to me uh, unlike the AFC South which seems like it's always been just a couple of the teams that are vying for that Colts or Titans you yeah. I mean we had a, a run there with the Texans a little bit you know but that's that's long gone so and the same, you know, NFC North, Green Bay's just kind of owned that for so long now. I mean, the Bears back in the day were good, but that's that's been a while. So, yeah, let's uh, move on to two receivers from the NFC West. Uh, we have one of them that had returned to OTAs after we weren't even sure he was going to be a receiver for that team. We have uh, Debo Samuel is back mm-hmm. and we have another receiver that's sitting out and uh, not communicating with his organization, a DK Metcalf with right. Seattle. That I started to say, there's another, I, I was thinking we were for a minute talking about the um, AFC West. That's a division. That's like mm. anybody's guess who's going <laughs> to win, uh, but we're not no. talking AFC West. We're talking NFC West. Yeah. Those, uh, <laughs> Uh, those teams, uh, they, they need their receivers, uh, with losing Russell Wilson. They definitely need DK Metcalf to come in there and help Mm -hmm. who Geno Smith. It sounds like, uh, he needs the help. What's his name? Uh, Drew Locke. Oh, Drew Locke is there. That's right. He's there. I don't feel like either one of those guys are that good. (laughs) Never did. (laughs) I think they're playing the same game. The the Lions are playing. We're like, all right, we'll just stick with our guy and we'll get, you know, draft guy next year type of deal i mean in, in matthew's eyes it, it might as well be daniel jones he doesn't know the difference <laughs> i don't i can never <laughs> keep drew lock and daniel jones separate because they both have about the same level of accomplishment <laughs> in my eyes they're both not good yeah. so and their names both start with d and uh they look alike in my eyes i don't know i don't know what it is but i can never keep those two straight daniel jones and drew lock so hey let's look at uh 
We've got a few retirees that have happened. Um, I'm more familiar with uh, one than the others. We've talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick already. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know too much about, uh, is it Stephen or Stefan? Stefan. Stefan. Yeah, one of those two. To it. See, yeah, I, I, I don't even so. know him. Uh, defensive end for Steelers. All I know is I, I just don't like the Steelers. I don't really take the time to learn their defensive people, uh, except for, you know, you learned uh, Troy Palomalu, you know, and, yeah. TJ Watt, yeah. TJ, you learn like the, the really good ones, but like I never, really, are, yeah. never really paid attention to this guy, but he retired. Uh, Alex Mack with the 49ers, a center. Again, I never took the time to learn him, but I did know Frank Gore. He uh, was uh, originally a 49er, and when he left there, he made a deal to sign with Florida, uh, Miami Dolphins. But then before he even got to there, he he changed his mind and went to the Colts because Andrew Luck was there. And he said, you know what? I think I can win with that team. Unfortunately, that never happened because Ryan Grigson was still the GM and it was just a terrible team all around. Uh, but we had Frank Gore for a few years and I really liked Frank Gore. I feel like that guy puts the work in and he uh, comes to work every day. He's got great uh, mentality and competitive spirit. Um, and he went on to play with some other teams after the Colts. Ended up uh, signing a one day with the 49ers to retire a 49er. Uh, third overall, right, in rushing? Yeah, maybe second. Pretty sure third, though. I think it's third, and uh, I, I really wanted to see him kind of climb that ladder just a bit more in his final years. He just couldn't get on a team where he got consistently handed that ball to do that, and uh, he ended up deciding yeah. this is good. You know, being in third place is good. Who are the who are the top two? I feel like, is Emmett Smith one of those? Smith yeah, is, is number one. Yeah, and I think Walter Payton's too. Okay, it might um, it might have actually passed Walter Payton NFL because I know Barry Sanders is four. Yeah, I don't think five. Walter Payton was two. It's Walter Payton too. Um, that's why I remember because I wanted Frank Gore to keep playing because he's only Frank Gore is exactly six hundred sixteen thousand and Payton's sixteen seven twenty six. So you thought he could pass him in in I was hoping he'd a season him. or two. I didn't think he'd pass Emmett. Yeah. Frank Gore was like 39 or something. And like you yeah. said, he wasn't getting the ball handed enough. But I was hoping he'd at least pass Emmett or um, at least pass Walter Payton. If you're looking at that list, where exactly is Barry Sanders on that list? Barry Sanders is four. He's only now, like 800 or What's so amazing about that is. He played eight years, nine he, years. He retired so early. He was so good. Yeah. I loved watching Barry Sanders. It's always a common theme with these guys. Like, yeah. of course, you know, it's a running back, but, you know, so like, you know, they, wear, they wear down quickly. But I mean, LT, LaDainia Thompson has 13,000 and a half yards, and he only played 10 years. Curtis Martin, 14,000 yards, 10 years. Um, Jerome Bettis, 12 years, 13,000. Eric Dickerson, 10 years, 13,000. Yeah. Like, if they could, like, they had that longevity or that, you know, whatever, they could have really could have matched 20,000 at the least. I feel like Barry Sanders, if anybody, if Barry Sanders would have kept playing, he would be the top oh, of yeah. that list. But yeah, it's is Emmett, Smith. Emmett, Emmett Smith is sitting at 22,000, right? Like he's, that's uh, a lot. A space. Yeah. 18,325. Oh, eight, 18. Okay. okay. I, uh, I, I, Jared I, Rice has 22,000 receiving or anything. Uh, that, that's that's what I'm thinking. Something like that. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think anybody's going to pass that. Anyway. If Calvin Johnson played a few more years. Calvin yeah. Johnson yeah. might have played. Right. Beat that. So Frank Gore, uh, he retired. So we had those those people retire. Uh, I want to get into our, our third section here. I'm going to let Brandon lead that. The where we know where they come from, but where do they go? Brandon, take us away on this this last section of the podcast today. Yeah, well, uh, we'll go through 
there are a few players that Josh and I have thrown in here that are free agents at the moment. Uh, and maybe they don't get signed by a team. We'll, we'll label that. Or if we think there's a team that might might fit their needs, uh, maybe they sign with that team, and we'll just kind of announce that out. Uh, we have our, our first one, Dwayne Brown, left tackle, previously with the Seattle Seahawks. He is 36, mm-hmm. but last season he was a pro bowler and started all 17 games. That's a tough one. And, uh, you know, early on, early on, I'll say this, uh, the Saints had their left tackle. Armstead was a free agent. He ended up signing with Miami, I think. Is that right? Uh, Uh I wanted, I really wanted Armstead to to sign with the Colts. And in the back of my mind, I thought, well, maybe, maybe Dwayne Brown, you know, because we needed a left tackle. But it really feels like they feel good with who they've got. They've they've got a guy, uh, Matt Pryor, and then they they uh, drafted a guy that they like, the the Austrian dude who came over as a, an exchange student, didn't start playing football till he was fourteen. Uh, they they like him, but it, I just still feel like somewhere down the line, if it gets cheap enough, it might be nice to have a pro bowler, uh, even if he's old, for one year. Let these guys begin to grow more. These two young guys, because Pryor was just a rookie last year. And he played some left tackle and did pretty good. And maybe that's why Chris Ballard's high on him. But I don't know. I, I guess, again, from a homer perspective, I could see him going to a place like the Colts if it drags on long enough that the price comes down far enough. Yeah, I, I, I like Matthew's breakdown there. I could also see, depending on the David Bakhtiari situation, him coming into Green Bay for a year. I think <laughs> most realistically, uh, outside of a homer perspective, uh, that we see him in the AFC West with how competitive that division is getting. You just bring in yeah. one really stout dude for one season and mm-hmm. the Raiders just let, him, just let him ride it out. Yeah. Raiders were one of those teams I was thinking of. Maybe the chargers help protect uh, Herbert a little bit more. Uh, but I, I, I think the left tackle or, I mean, he, he did play left tackle. He, get, he can also play right tackle. He's done both in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and putting him somewhere on there, Chargers need a left tackle a little bit more than they need a right tackle. Uh, and the Raiders need quite a bit if they're going to keep up with the defensive fronts of these other teams. Yeah. So I think I think AFC West is probably the most realistic situation. Uh, I mean, again, price depending. No one's going to go out and pay $18 million to bring him in for this next season. Right. Uh, you're going to have to get them at just above a veteran minimum and go from there. Who else we got here? Uh, I'm going to go Rob Gronkowski, tight end. Uh, he he's really only played with one other with one quarterback, uh, and to me, this is he's either with Tampa Bay or he's retired. And I, there's there's I no agree. in between. I agree That's with it. that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. If, if he's if he's not with Tom Brady, he's not in the NFL. He's not playing in the NFL. I mean, we might might see him doing those USAA commercials oh. or or oh anything my. that were just so cringy. So <laughs> yeah, cringy. I got the Gronk rate or something. Gronk, Gronk. Yeah, those, yeah, they were really cringy. I'm special. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he is special that he's only played with one quarterback. And so if he's not there, he's he's retired. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's my official stance. Our, the next one I have on this list is very interesting. Uh, every team that needs a receiver, I mean, every team that's linked with a receiver, which is really all of our teams, uh, everyone's talking about having OBJ come in. And recently I heard that he might have a reunion with Cleveland, although he's not really going to be clear to play until December. And yeah. so he's right. going to be very much a, a late guy. That's to come I sign. 
you're going to have to have him on your roster and put, I mean, you can put him on IR and have someone else in this position, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to pay him on your roster all season for him just to be rehabbing and not doing much. I see him not being signed until October, November. Yeah, me too. Once things are a bit more clear, because his first, this is the second time he's had this surgery. His first one did not go well. And this one did go better. Uh, but I, I don't see him being signed in the offseason. It's going to be during the regular season, halfway through, after a trade deadline has passed, uh, that that OBJ actually gets signed. And, uh, I mean, people are linking him going back to Cleveland now, but now the Deshaun Watson stuff has come back up and mucked up all the water, and I don't see him going back there anymore. It's going to be a team that's looking for someone for a playoff push, and it could have be, you know, you know, Devontae Adams gets injured in Oakland or in Vegas. Then OBJ goes in and not fills Devontae Adams' shoes because that'll be impossible, but produces something there. Uh, and we'll just we'll just have to see. But I, I think it's going to be the team that had some sort of receiver injury or a receiver didn't pan out the way they wanted them to throughout the season is when you bring OBJ in. And it's going to be one of those teams that are going to pay a pretty penny for him because there's going to be a couple teams looking looking for that final push come playoff playoff time. And just hopefully second surgery, he can get back to where he was. But once you've had two surgeries on the same thing, people start to get worried. I know as a Colts fan, I'm a little worried about them like wanting to sign him. I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's time to just go younger and let him, let him finish out somewhere else. Cause I don't know how uh, impactful he's going to be even when he comes back. Yeah. I I agree with you on um, not signing him until November, December, because if you're going to sign him now or in a couple months or whatever, he's going to be put on IR. And I know that, um, they just they just minimize it or something. I think the NFL like they agreed that if a player's on IR for like more than six weeks or something, he's he can't officially be taken off. And if he's he can release an IR for three weeks at a time or something like that. But what I heard is that um, Sean McVay got married. Um, and he did. He invited his he invited some of his friends and the captains of the Rams and he invited OBJ and they have a great connection. And I feel like if he's not a OJ, OBJ wasn't a captain and you have to have that connection to be invited to his wedding, you know, not everybody, every player was invited to the wedding. I feel like he's going to be signed back, signed back with the Rams at some point. Once he's, you know, healthy, he's proven healthy. It's up to you. On, on a side note, did you see the, the wedding cake that Sean McVay no. had? It was the Lombardi trophy. No, oh, brother. <laughs> I want to see this. I'm looking it up. Yeah, look it up. He takes a bite out of it. it it's a it's a good one. But uh, oh yeah, I found it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that's also possible. If, I mean, if they're done playing, oh. you know, Madden franchise with with no cap on after they just signed Allen Robinson, which I think Allen Robinson is going to be a better fit for the Rams than OBJ will. And, and let really Unless wanted the, the Colts happens, to I, get Robinson. I hated that that he went to the Rams. Ah, hated yeah. it. The plate for the the uh, the plate for the wedding cake is like the Rams logo. Yeah. All right. Our next guy. Let's talk about Ma- Matthew. Brought him up a few weeks ago, but Eric Fisher. Uh, I, I don't know if Matthew, you want to touch on him anymore on, oh, on yeah. what he could do for a team. Still, here's what I'll touch on. I'm glad he's gone <laughs> from the Colts. <laughs> I'm glad we did not resign him. <laughs> Uh, you know, he's one of those that was good for a long time and he came up and the, the Colts signed him and I, I had some hopes, but he just, he was coming off an injury. He never was, he never was good. If there was ever somebody on our line getting beat, 
it was him, it felt like. And uh, by the time the year came around and it's like, should we stick with Eric Fisher one more year? We don't have anybody else. I'm like, no, you know what? Let's just let him go and find somebody else. And uh, even if we just stick with this uh, second year player, Matt Pryor, I feel like I'm I'm more hopeful that it will be better than with Eric Fisher. So Eric Fisher was with Kansas City forever. He was with the Colts for a year. Where will he go? I'm hoping it's not Colts. I'll just say that much. Now, who who might that be? I don't know. You know, he was trying to be a left tackle for us. It wasn't working out. I'm looking at um, like all these players that we talk about. I'm looking at maybe there's news we didn't see that they signed somewhere. And all I'm seeing right now is should the Steelers sign Eric Fisher? They should jump on him right now and stuff like that. So maybe the Steelers are a link that we just don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think he goes to a, a top tier team. I, I also don't know, you know, Eric Fisher super well. Uh, but he, he doesn't feel like a guy to me that is going to sign a contract to be a backup. He's, he's going to want to be out there on the front lines playing every snap he's able to play. Uh, and he's also not going to be a special teams guy. So I, I see it, you know, one of those lower level, lower to mid-level teams picking him up. A, a Pittsburgh Steelers, a, uh, mm-hmm. a Jets, a Giants, somewhere in there. Uh, definitely not a team that's going to be competing for a Super Bowl. At least, at least signing him as a starter to do that. Uh, I mean, if he did sign with the team, it would have to be for, for peanuts, and then he would be on the bench. Uh, let's go and talk about another guy, uh, Jaquaski Tart, who's a plays both safety positions, uh, but he is, you know, still a really solid, solid guy for a team. He played for the 49ers last season, 14 games. Uh, he had 66 tackles and a single pass uh, deflected last season. <laughs> single pass deflected. <laughs> nice. Yeah. While he didn't have any interceptions, he also only allowed one touchdown in coverage against every quarterback he faced and allowed 54% of their passes and a 71 passer rating. As a primary defender, that that's not it's not a bad position to be in. Uh, a lot of teams are looking for this secondary help or secondary depth, and having a guy out there rotating, which will help him stay healthy, not playing 100% of snaps, but playing 60% of snaps and rotating it out with other guys that are similar to his ability uh, will help a lot. And I don't know, maybe that's a, you know, a thing he signs with the AFC West. He's a guy that is more than capable to stand back there. Maybe the Chiefs, after losing, uh, uh, who they just lose? That's now down in... Uh, Tyron? Yeah, Tyron Matthews. He, he could fill in a, a rotational roll really well in Kansas City, and he can still stay in that, that red color that they've had. Taron Matthews, did he go to Miami? New Orleans. New Orleans, oh, right. A lot of the drivers Landry, both of and the boys. So I don't know where where he might end up, where he might be good, but uh, yeah, we signed a say. Oh, we uh, we drafted a safety we feel pretty good about. Yeah, um, the guy from Illinois, right? Nick Cross. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to skip over a few people on the list, and we're going to jump right into the big guns of this thing uh, with with a big-time name of Julio Jones. Might as well just um, go ahead and throw T.Y. Hilton right beside him because these two kind of come up in a lot of conversations <laughs> together, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you got two wide receivers here, uh, and I will say both – Heavily linked to the Colts. One, because he played there forever, and it's the only place he's played. The other one, because he played with Matt Ryan forever, and Matt Ryan's now in Indy. And 
I will tell you that it seems like Chris Ballard is very comfortable with his young receivers, that he feels a lot of um, confidence in uh, Michael Pittman stepping up and Alec Pierce being something in Michael Strawn, which I talked about last year, like becoming something, uh, Patman. Uh, and I know you guys probably don't know most of these names, Desmond Patton and, and Michael Strawn. I mean, you've heard me talk about them. I mean, we, yeah, we uh, talked about Michael Strawn. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Doolin. Uh, so uh, there are young guys that I think Ballard really likes and really feels like they're going to take a step. But I've also heard a lot of people say, hey, it wouldn't hurt if you can get him for a good price to have a veteran in the room. The only thing is that means there's a veteran taking away snaps from one of these young guys to develop and like kind of begin to prove himself and show himself. I, at this point, I really don't know. Uh, I know the Colts have said they've been having conversations with T.Y. Hilton. I haven't heard them saying anything about having conversations with Julio Jones. I've heard a lot of fans, you know, talking about, hey, Julio Jones, Julio Jones. So... Uh, I, I tell you, I'm as perplexed as anybody. I kind of feel like there could be one of those two sign if the price is low enough. And if anybody, I feel like it might be T.Y. Hilton um, just because of the years he's been there. If he takes a low enough deal and it's like come in, mentor, show them kind of how the Colts culture goes, I could see that. I don't really see Julio Jones coming in uh, because I feel like Chris Ballard likes the young guys he has uh, to go get Julio Jones would say, man, we, we still have a strong need here. They might still have a strong need. As we've said, Pittman was really the only one who did much at all last year, even with those young guys around. And so maybe they do. Yeah. I guess I'm not being very much help in the way I'm talking about this. <laughs> I'm saying either one could, but I don't know. <laughs> but that's exactly where it stands. I don't know. Now, they only they haven't only been linked with Indianapolis, right? Uh, I know that at least Julio Jones has been talked about with Green Bay. I don't know that they've talked about T.Y. Uh, Hilton. I don't know if anybody's talked about T.Y. Hilton outside of the Colts. Yeah, I don't think it. T.Y. is, I think, still strongly linked with the Colts. I heard something about uh, T.Y. and New England hmm. out there. Uh, but I, heard, I, didn't, uh, I didn't hear it for very long. Kind of going back to Julio. I heard, I didn't really hear much about T.Y. Um, by the Colts, kind of like Matt was saying, but I heard Julio was a, uh, could be a fit with, um, who they just, they just lost the receiver, uh, Baltimore. I can't remember who they just lost besides, uh, what's his name? Uh, we went to Arizona, uh, Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel I, I've heard Julio Jones is linked to uh, Baltimore. Also, I could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll fit my two cents in about Julio in Green Bay right now. Is I, I I do not foresee Julio coming to Green Bay if Sammy Watkins is still there. Yeah, it, right. It, yeah, it very much feels you know Green Bay is going to go with this one exterior veteran guy that mm-hmm. is going to come in, play half the season, and call everything good from there. Uh, outside of that, I mean, Randall Cobb is there, and as far as, far as we know, that uh, Lazard will still be there as well. Uh, but then we're going to kind of be relying on maybe a Juwan Winfrey, which no one ever knows that name. I don't uh, know that c- name. Kind of like an Eric, <laughs> like Eric Strawn type of deal. A uh, guy that's Mike, ser- served the Packers Mike really Strawn. Well. Let's, uh, let's get this right. Well, I know his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With my, Mike Strawn. Uh, but uh, Juwan Winfrey in Green Bay is a guy, 
at least in in practice and in preseason that has served a very similar role to Jake Kumaro, which we know is a big Aaron Rodgers guy, right? Mm. And uh, if Aaron if Aaron likes him, you know Green Bay probably cuts him or or trades him. Uh, but uh, I mean they do what they can. Or I mean we're really banking on how good is Christian Watson going to be? He's been you know, around the national media circles as a maybe rookie of the year, probably because he's placed with Aaron Rodgers and he has a pretty specific skill tree. Right. As probably my guess on why he's been placed up there. Um, but Romeo Dubs has also been turning some heads with some some performances he's been giving against the, the DBs in Green Bay. And he was our, our fourth round receiver, uh, who's pretty similar to a, a James Jones type of player. And James Jones did extremely well in Green Bay while he was there um but I, yeah I, I don't see i don't see julio unless sammy Watkins is gone if sammy Watkins has to leave for some reason yeah then i think green bay gives julio a shot but green bay is not going to bring in bring in him they're going to give time to some younger guys to develop and and help the culture on that end i'd say right uh, now i agree the ravens look like probably the strongest suitor and we'll just have to wait and see all right let's uh Let's go with at least at least one more one more person, uh, and then we can wrap this section up. Uh, who, I put um uh, at the bottom okay. too. They're not free agents, but I put Baker Mayfield and DK Metcalf last year just because you know the speculation they would trade because the OTA missing or you know whatever contract talk whatever. So if you want to talk about them, we can, or we can talk about an actual free agent. Yeah, maybe uh maybe Cole Beasley or Anthony Barr. Which one do you guys want to tackle? Probably Cole Beasley, just because I, I feel like all, all three of us are more familiar with Cole Beasley than Anthony Barr. Mm. All right, well, kick it off. Kick it off. Let's go. Uh, Cole Beasley, wide receiver, formerly with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, much like Commander Carson in this whole uh, COVID season, he didn't make himself the most popular right. by his very strong opinion. I don't know. Of course, uh, I guess Aaron Rodgers kind of had the same opinion, and he's still Kirk popular. Did, yeah. And Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, Cousins doesn't really bother, though. I just feel like Cole Beasley was bothered with it. Like, people bothered him with it because he's so, so outspoken about it. You know, the whole, right? I'm not going to do, you know, stop a deal. Kamar Carson wasn't really outspoken about it, from what I understand. This more so that. Correct. People knew about it because because he wasn't like, I mean, because I wasn't in Grigson, the manager or the time manager. About sorry, and Gregson, and they weren't really on the same page with he should get you know vaccinated or whatever. So that's probably why it was more of a, a thing. But nobody really cared about Kirk Cousins because it was his opinion, and nobody in the front office or no players had a you know a difference about it. You know they let him do what they wanted. You know what I mean? Right. And I feel like in uh, Indianapolis there wasn't as much pushback against Carson from the fan base. Maybe a few, uh, but yeah. uh, I think Jim Irsay had a problem with it. Um, just him, mm-hmm. like not saying, "I'm going to do everything, everything I can to be with the team, regardless." Um, but, but yeah, Cole Beasley definitely was very outspoken uh, to the point that the, the the media world was very aware of him. So, yeah, I don't know where where you think he would end up. He's a he's one of those even, slot receiver guys, right? Who's like yeah, fast. I don't even see his team like team, you know. I haven't seen any links to him for a team. You know, it's usually been Julio Jones to Baltimore, like we just talked about, or, or something else, or OBJ to these teams. But I haven't really seen anything about Cole Beasley, so I really can't have anything to say. But 
based off of like just you know of course it's not gonna be indianapolis in my opinion because of the whole carson with covid thing same same thing cole beasley i don't think it's gonna you know fit in culture wise but i can probably see you know maybe it's like mid-season kind of like a obj mid-season someone needs a receiver once he's cleared obj or once someone needs a receiver for cole beasley to sign him but that could just be any team honestly or, or you know hmm. to, to me th- this might be a bit too much of a homer perspective but he fits the mike mccarthy bill for me in Dallas. Hmm. And I, I I know I know they have they have receivers, but the way Mike McCarthy runs his offense is you need like six super high level guys. Because if you can if every receiver can beat every D B, then you have an open playbook. And Cole Beasley is one of those guys that has a lot of potential to beat anyone in this league. And we've seen him do it with Josh Allen. And to me, I think Dallas makes the most logical sense in fitting him in that Mike McCarthy offense. It's a very old school yeah. West Coast going, offense. Going back but, to Dallas, but but to me, I, I think it, it it kind of fits the bill. Uh, I don't know if they they pull the trigger on that, but I think he would fit very well in that system with Dak and yeah, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's yep, you're right. Mike McCarthy's always been that you know that slot type of guy. He had James Jones with uh, Green Bay. Yep. And he has, you know, he had, I don't know if he was a coach then, but he, Cole Beasley was on the pad, the Cowboys at one time, so, yeah, he wasn't there. Um, yeah, he had Jones, so, we, yeah, you're right, it fits the bill, it could happen. So, yeah, I don't really have any strong opinion otherwise than that. So, what I would like to do, uh, we talked about breaking down some of the NFL schedule. I'd like to push that to next week. Maybe let's get on here again and go through at least our three teams' schedule. Talk about wins and losses, we think. At this point, you know, obviously it's way early. We don't know all the new players on every team. But you can kind of have a... Uh, a feel wins and losses. Uh, let's do that. Look over some of that schedule next week. That'll be our, our main goal. But before we leave today, there's one thing I want to hit on. There was a, uh, a post in our little uh, text group that we do about 2022 NFL head coach rankings. Somebody had ranked the top 10 and you guys begin to make oh, comments yes. on this uh, top 10. And a little piece of me was offended because uh, I think there was the, the comment Reich should be out of there. Frank Reich, yeah. forget whoa, 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 whoa. about it. That, that, was, <laughs> I said that, that was the other guy. That was me. That's right. I'm not, I'm not saying who it was. I'm just saying in the group this happened. I'm saying it was. It was me. Uh, but here's, here's the list that, that uh, somebody made. I don't even know who made this. Pro Football Focus. Pro Football no, Focus. They the said three. Bill Tom Belichick. Football, yeah. Then they said Recycle. number two, John Harbaugh. I can agree Recycle. with both of those. They're good, good coaches. Andy Reid, of course, I think is a good coach. Uh, Number yeah. four, Cliff Kingsbury. There was some question whether yeah, or not he way, should be in the whoa, top whoa. 10, right? That's way not too even, high. Yeah. Way too high. Number four is way too high. Maybe not even in the top 10 was, was some of the uh, comments we heard here. Pete Carroll. I, I think Pete Carroll's been a pretty good coach. Yeah. Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur, I think we've we've seen. Put him uh, higher. Put him higher. Him and Aaron Rodgers can work together. Pete Carroll, out the season, yes. Okay, okay. Kyle Shanahan's always been kind of hailed as a great coach. Um, he really hasn't had much of a winning. I guess they went to the Super Bowl with him, right? Was he the coach then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, Kyle Shanahan. He, he, he was also... He was also the offensive coordinator calling all the plays when the Falcons went to the Super Bowl and they were up 28 to three half. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we we know what happened there. There's two sides to that story, but uh, Mike Vrabel, 
strangely Mike enough, Vrabel. Mike Vrabel's not one that most people I think would have thought of, but I think he's been a pretty good coach since coming in to the Tennessee Titans. He's he's done better there than all of the people who were before him. I feel like, mm-hmm. or at least a lot of the people. Then there was Frank Reich, which got dogged and said should not be in the top ten by somebody I in this group. Explanation: I do. Do you yeah. want it now or do you want it after I say top the number 10? Let's, let's, hit, the, let's, let's hit the top 10, the, the, right. the, the top or uh, the number 10th uh, because we were talking about him. That's what got me started on this whole thought was Mike McCarthy with the Dallas Cowboys. Get him out of there. So um, let's just take a moment to think who doesn't belong there and who does belong there that was not on this list. All right. Who does belong there? First off, Sean McDermott from Buffalo, um, Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh, and... Um, they just left somebody out. Sean, I Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Sean McVay, yeah. Sean McVay. Yeah, I'll, 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 uh, and, uh, and the guy in um in Cleveland. Stefanski? Uh, yeah, Kevin Stefanski. I, I might the Browns? put him in there too. Yeah. You know, what what he's done as a coach for that organization, That it's impressive. It really is. Going from nothing to... They've won a playoff game now. That is, <laughs> I, I put that in. You have to put that he in. He started in 2020. That wasn't him. It was. I feel like no, he they was just, they just, He was the one that won okay. the playoff game it, against it was, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, last season. yeah. Last season. Okay. All right. Put him um, in there. Yeah. Uh, maybe Zach Taylor. I mean, he just first round pick last the year before he went to the Super Bowl and then lost, but. I don't know if I put Zach Taylor in there. Yeah, that's a one year. Right, it's a small sample size. All right, let, all right, really quick. Let, let's figure this out. Who are we? Who are we taking out? Cliff Kingsbury. I'm taking out. Mc, I, I, or not, uh, McCarthy. McCarthy. I would take both and of I those to, out. I, I want to throw Frank Reich out because if we all agree on the top seven, but we're going to throw in McVay, Tomlin, and um, uh, McDermott from Buffalo. So we got to take one other person out. And I feel like we all agree that Shanahan and Flafford should be there. And I just leave, and, and Vrabel should be there. And that just leaves Frank Reich that, you know, doesn't belongs, but doesn't belong comparing to other people. I, 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 I might, might disagree. I might make an argument. I, I think, and this is going to be a very unpopular thing, but I think Frank Reich, at least as of the past two seasons, is more deserving to be in this list than Pete Carroll. Two seasons, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Here's what yeah, I would I mean, say yeah. when talking right. about right. Pete Carroll. Talking about Pete Carroll specifically, but you could talk about Lafleur a little bit here. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just going to say this. <laughs> it's easy to look like a great coach when you have a great quarterback, uh, and that quarterback is that, doing a lot. Mac, uh, but yeah. now, let me continue. Let me continue here. What we did see with Lafleur, though, is he has a great quarterback, and they won. Pete Carroll had a great quarterback the last couple of years in Russ Wilson, and they were not winning because the rest of the team, the way the coaching calls, uh, and you have to question somebody who doesn't give Marshawn Lentz the ball four times in a row on fourth down like with on the one-yard line. You, know, yeah. you just have to question that. Uh, but Frank Reich, he's had, this is now his sixth quarterback in six years, and he's had a a competitive team every year, and he gets the best out of most of those quarterbacks. Uh, and I would say last year he did, he did pretty good with Carson, even though there were some weeks where Carson just didn't live up to it. I agree. I think Frank Reich, with what he had, when you look at Pete Carroll, I would I would agree. I'm going to counter argue that. Uh, let me throw one thing in there to counter argue Matthew. 
Well, yes. Aaron, Aaron is a phenomenal quarterback. I want to look at other aspects of Green Bay that Matt LaFleur has changed. All right. All right let's, let, let's leave out let's leave out Aaron Rodgers. There's no doubt Aaron Aaron can win football games. But look at the Green Bay defense. They are now top ten defense in the NFL. Previously they were sitting at like twenty six. Let me ask you, is LaFleur a defensive Green guy? Lafleur. Doesn't have to no. be. He's bringing in the pieces. No. He's fighting for a whole is, team. Is he or is the GM bringing those in? Because that's what I would say about Frank Reich. Their defense has gotten great. Uh, their offensive line, the pieces around, the yeah. the pieces are being put in. That's Ballard, right? I mean, Frank has some input, just like LaFleur has some input, but that's the GM. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not saying LaFleur is a bad coach. I'm saying he, he gets a good bit out of the people he brings in. Uh, what I said was different was I think Pete Carroll, even though he had pieces, did not get the best out of them the last couple of years. Uh, whereas I think Frank Reich did, but I, I understand what you're saying. Frank Reich also not a defensive guy. Uh, so I can't, I can't give Frank Reich the defense we have, which is a pretty dang good defense, three pro bowlers on it this last year. But anyway, what were, what were the, what were you going to say, Josh? You're saying that uh, Seattle hasn't really good, had a good team in the last, you know, a couple years or whatever. Uh, I will say the last year, Russell Wilson was out for half of it. Even if they still won seven games, it's all right. But the years before that, 2020, 12 and four, loss to the Rams. Um, all right, you know they've got they got first in the NFC West. They have not ever since they drafted with Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, except last year, they have not had a losing season. Russell Wilson. And of course, that could. Yeah, exactly. As soon as Russell Wilson's out half a year, what did they do? I know. But, yeah, I guess. But, (laughs) yeah, I'm saying, I'm just saying that, you know, he's built that team around him. Like, like, that's not all Russell Wilson. That's all the team he's had. You know, Marshall Lynn, Tyler Rocket, Doug Baldwin, all these guys that, you know, he's built around him. Uh, That was was early on. Those guys were there early, and I think they've only been losing pieces. Maybe. Bobby Wagner's gone, yeah. We'll have to see. We'll, we'll put we'll, we'll put Pete Carroll at eleven and see what happens this season. I'll agree on that one. <laughs> All right. Now let me let me hop back one more time with Matthew. Just one more time. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna talk offense. Just gonna talk offense. Okay. Okay. Pre Matt Lafleur, Aaron was considered a washed up old quarterback. What? Needed to retire because he couldn't he no couldn't way. stay on the field no. for the whole season. Never, never once did I hear Aaron Aaron Rodgers never. has never been described as washed up. <laughs> never. No, I'm sorry. You've, you've, you lost me you've already. Never, you've never been listening. No, now, I've been listening. <laughs> now LaFleur comes in and we have this two-time MVP. No, no. On offense. No, here, here's here's what I heard before LaFleur got there. LaFleur is going to benefit because Aaron Rodgers will carry him. That's all I heard when he was coming in because Aaron Rodgers was always good. Yeah, he got he got his collarbone broke. That didn't mean he wasn't good. He came back and was good anyway. Uh, I never heard Aaron Rodgers is washed up. Sorry. Never. Uh, you may you may look and find one little story on the internet where somebody said that, but that was not the general consensus among GMs and other teams. I'm looking looking at looking at stories from 2019. Again, you may find a story, but that does not mean that that was the general feeling of everyone in the league and fans. No, not a chance. You're not going to convince me. I don't care what you read. The internet can get any opinion you want. You can find it on the internet. That does not mean it's true. 
Well, I, I'm not saying it was true. I'm saying that's what people were saying. Nah, that's not there's what... There's a difference there. Yeah. I, Who I the right people here, were Fox, and, and, and their Fox intelligence. Sports Radio, Fox Sports, you're going to go there? <laughs> ESPN.com. ESPN. <laughs> Who wrote it? Which guy on ESPN? Yeah, probably Schefter. <laughs> Here's the thing. Nobody I know ever thought... Aaron Rodgers is just not a good quarterback. Boy, Matt LaFleur sure did bring him up. No, nobody. Hey, I think I think Matt LaFleur worked well with him. I think the question was, yeah. who's going to lead the team, Matt LaFleur or Aaron Rodgers? And they ended up working together well. But nobody saw Aaron Rodgers as a bad quarterback. No. Well, that's why Aaron had made that whole comment on Pat McAfee on, you know, my down years. His down years, our, though, are still our, better than most our, people's up years. career years for other quarterbacks. Right. He made that in response to people saying he was washed up. That was Aaron's <laughs> response. Aaron Aaron takes everything personally. That doesn't mean everybody thought he was no good. I, yeah, I, I just say it, everyone. I just say everyone. I'm saying right. that's what people were saying. Well, people, now, whatever now people you heard MVP. were completely wrong. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't think that had anything to do necessarily with just LaFleur either that he was two-time MVP. But I think LaFleur helped put a good system there. Uh, Just like I think Frank Reich came in, and regardless of his quarterback, he had like the top running back in the league. And he had an offensive line that was like one of the best for the last several years. He, you know, he he was making the pieces work. Um, Even without that great quarterback, he he brought in a guy who, Phillip Rivers, very end of his career, still did great. He brought in another guy, he played with. He had to play with Jacoby Brissett. He had to play with. Uh, oh, who was that? Eason. Scott Tolzien for a few games. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's overcome some adversity, and I think uh, this year is going to look even better. I think Matt Ryan's still old, older. I think he still has more left in him than Philip Rivers had in him, though. I'm going to say that. Yeah, I mean, Matt right, Ryan so still throw, throws for like 4,500 yards. 4,500 yards, yeah, because they don't have a running game at Atlanta. Now he has one, so he's going to. You know, maybe he'll take a drop. I hope to so. To be fair, last season they had they had the Chicago Bears running game uh, and Cordero Patterson. And Mike Davis, yes. All right, so we're looking at this now. We're talking about who we're taking out. Are we agree on one through four? Is our one through three is in Jack Harbaugh and Reed? They're staying there. Yeah, I I don't know if Harbaugh would be second in my book, but he's a good he's maybe a good two coach. And three. Yeah. Maybe two and three switch. I think Reed's been great for a long time, and you know. Yeah. I, I, I almost I would put him like, ahead. Bill Belichick yeah, okay, has been so great, one, even though they didn't do great the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So one is Belichick. Are you okay with uh, two as uh, Reed, Brandon? Yeah, I think Andy Reed is a better coach than Harbaugh uh, mm-hmm. throughout throughout his whole career, if we're going to look at the whole career of things. Okay. So one is our one Belichick, two Reed, three Harbaugh, and we're taking four and five out. And who are we putting at four and five? Or prefer Clingsbury and then Carroll. Who are we putting at four and five? I would put McVay at four. I, I think if we're going to put someone at four, it needs to be Kyle Shanahan. He's had longer tenure than both Lafleur and McVay. He's just been a more proven guy throughout his career as a coach. Not saying that right now, today, he is a better coach, but if we're looking at the career as a whole through the NFL guys today. But that's uh, what I'm saying with Pete Carroll. Is that why are we taking him out? He's proven to be, you know what I mean? And we're just, it's only says 2022 NFL head coaches. That's why I agreed to take Pete Carroll out and put him at 11. This right. is the 2022 rankings. So not, uh, not, whole, not the past you know, decade. Off. Yeah. Yeah. In All 2022. Right, no, I'd put, I'd put, 
McVeigh, McVeigh or Lafleur at four and five. Yeah, right now I would put McVeigh a spot ahead of Lafleur because he's he's yeah. shown it a little longer, you know, and like stronger. Even last season, they won the Super Bowl. Okay, regardless, they had like a lot of pieces and whatever the reason yeah. for that. I I would put Lafleur just after him, but I I think both of those are good coaches. Shanahan's a good coach. Right. So four, it's, we're going to say four McVeigh, five Lafleur, six Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Okay, seven through ten. We're taking out McCarthy. We're keeping Vrabel and we're keeping Frank Reich. And then we're adding Tomlin and um, McDermott that we agree on. We just have to find somewhere. I would I would say as much as I hate this, Tomlin should probably be up there because. Seven. Yeah, I'd say he's ahead of Kyle Shanahan. He was, uh, he was still doing fairly well with like an old decrepit Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> This last year, yeah, even last the year before that, of course they went eleven and zero. Of course they come and but with Ben Roethlisberger, you know, uh, I don't know how old like a thirty nine year old Ben Roethlisberger, they went eleven and zero. Whether they you know pass it short or they pass it deep or they ran the ball the whole time, he got that going. Yeah, and they've, he's never had a losing season in his career. Yep, I think Tomlin should be up there. Uh, who else did you Tomlin, say? Yeah, okay, we're keeping we're keeping Mike Vrabel and we're keeping Dermot and we're taking Dermot for uh, Mike McCarthy. Yeah, Dermot is the head coach for Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think he goes uh, uh, between Buffalo or between Tomlin and Shanahan, honestly, just because, of course, he's young, but he's proven more with what he's had rather than Kyle Shanahan. You know, he loses a game some games he shouldn't, and he wins games some games he should. Or he, he wins some loses some games he should have won, and he wins some games he shouldn't have won. Yes, yeah, McDermott's. He came into an organization that needed needed a lot of help, and they've had some really strong teams since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if that if the overtime rule was slightly different this past off season, I I think I they, they would have won. I, I think they went to the Super Bowl. I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'd put McDermott up there. We talked earlier okay. about like would Zach Taylor? Zach Taylor did a lot this year, but I would I would want to see more because. Mm-hmm. I like think we that could have just, just a, lucky. yeah, like those, some of those games were close, uh, could have been much worse than it was. And so, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, he did better than Frank Reich yet. Frank Reich hasn't been to a Super Bowl, but I think, uh, I would still trust Frank Reich. More of a factor than the one year wonders have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I would put Frank Reich at the very Reich. bottom if he's going to be in there because yeah. these other, these other guys, I feel like are just a little stronger. I think Frank is a good quarterback, but I think we have to see a little more out of him before he moves up. So Belichick's one, uh, Reed's two, Harbaugh's three, McVay's four, um, LaFleur's five, Tomlin's six, um, McGrath's seven, Shannon eight, Grable nine, and Frank ten is what we're agreeing on. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And then Pete Carroll's 11. Guys, I think that is a wonderful way to end out today. I think next week we're going to start looking at that schedule. So look over your team's schedule. Come with a win-loss prediction. Way too early. We'll see you guys all who are listening here next week on the Football Pandemic.